Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. So, Jesus, we, we just thank you. Uh, we celebrate you today. We celebrate our birthday today. Uh, we, we just thank you. We love you. We thank you that you've called our names. That you've made us new creations. Because you're alive, we we can have faith for that. So, Lord, do do what you want to do today. Amen. So, as I was looking at all the resurrection stories this week, um, I, I was, I guess, encouraged by the weakness of the disciples. <laughs> that may sound kind of funny, but... In, in light of what I've just been saying, uh, there, there's encouragement for all of us in this. Uh, because Jesus told those guys what was about to happen. He, he told them. In, in, in Mark 8.31, it says he, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. Well, the thing is, he he was saying something they did not want to hear. And they, they were having trouble getting it. But after they witnessed the crucifixion, they still didn't get it. They, they still, after the crucifixion, three days later, the tomb is empty, But they don't believe. They they can't believe it. They can't believe that after everything else that he said, they they couldn't believe that he arose and that he was still alive. Even when Mary and Martha came back and told them that they had an encounter 
with Jesus. And then, then we have the story in Luke of, of the two guys on, on the road to Emmaus. And that kind of, that story really kind of grabbed me this week. Um, what would that have been like? Uh, to be just walking along with, with Jesus and he illuminates for you what all the law and the prophets were saying about him and what had to happen. Talk about being taken to school. Uh, but that's available for us. It is. We... We, we just, we have to seek it and, and the Holy Spirit will illuminate for, for us. So it wasn't just for those two guys. But back, back to the disciples uh, going on in, in the book of Mark in, in chapter 16. It says, now when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary, who had been with him, as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After these things, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking in the country, and they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And one of the other gospel accounts tells us that even when he appeared to them that many of them did not believe. He's standing in their midst. He apparently walked through a wall or something to be with them, and, and still they didn't believe. So, these are the guys who turn the world upside down, is what I want us to see. These, these are the, the guys that God still used to, to start the church. They, they were weak and, and full of unbelief and, and lack of faith. Even though they, they had been told personally that, that Jesus was going to die and rise again. And, and even when, when they see him standing in front of them, some of them still can't believe. And eventually they did believe. We, we know. But, so, we, we can't uh, think that our, our own lack of faith, our, our own 
weakness, our, our own uh, lack of believing is, is any worse than theirs. It, because it isn't. The Father isn't any more surprised with your weakness, my weakness, your, your unbelief, my, my lack of faith, than, than he was the disciples, the eleven. But they didn't give up. They, they let God take their, their weakness, their unbelief, their, their lack of faith, and change it into faith. And He became their strength. It wasn't that he strengthened them to, to be something that they were not. He, he became something within them that they were not. And I, I think sometimes we, we need to change our prayers when, when we're, we're asking the Lord to strengthen us and he, he doesn't want to strengthen us. He, he wants us to die <laughs> so that he can come forth in us and, and, and be something that, that is more, that is different, that, that is world-changing, that, that we can't be. as a weak human being who, who believes. And that, that, I think, is a primary message for us today. One, one thing about Jesus' resurrection is we, we know Jesus had raised people from the dead. But Jesus' resurrection was different. And, you know, I, I would like a little more revelation about exactly what happened when Jesus was raised from the dead. But then there were also some righteous people in the vicinity who also got raised at the same time. You, you ever wonder about that? I, I've wondered about that. And I, I just, this is what I think. This may or may not be the real story, but I, I, I think when, when God just released that power down into Jesus' body that was in this tomb, that 
It was so powerful that it, it couldn't be contained just in his body, that some of it ricocheted around into some of the other tombs in, in the area, and some of these righteous people, they, they came to life again. But there, there's something different about Jesus versus all those other people, and also different with Jesus and the people that Jesus raised from the dead in, in his own ministry. See, all those other people, they died again. Because they, even though they were resurrected, they were brought back to life, they, they were brought back to life in their old body. When, when Jesus was resurrected, he got an eternal body. He, he got the, the full upgrade. And, and that's what we look forward to. When, when we're resurrected with him, then we, we have those resurrected bodies to, to look forward to. That, that won't ever wear out and, and won't be subject to death or decay anymore. And, and that's, that's something to look forward to. And, you know, one, one thing that, that kind of came to mind as I was pondering some, some of this stuff this week is... You know, what, what has God said that, that we have unbelief about? What, what has Jesus said that he was going to do that, that we're struggling with faith and unbelief about? And, and sort of related to that is... What could be harder than the resurrection from the dead into an eternal glorified body that now functions in heaven as well as it functions on earth? Because to me, that's pretty amazing, astounding, difficult. I mean... Scientists could never figure that one out. So, if there's something that, that we're having trouble believing Jesus that, that he will do, um, I, my prayer is that this message will, will help us to... To move from unbelief to belief, to, to move from lack of faith to faith. And, you know, really one of those things that I, I think even many believers, if, if we were really, really honest, uh, that we have trouble believing, is that Jesus is coming back. 
And do, do we believe that? Do, do we believe that he's coming soon? Okay, I, I hope so. I mean, yes. And that, you know, I, I've been asking myself some of these questions this, this week. Do, do I really, 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 really believe that? Because if I really, really, really believe that Jesus is coming back and he's coming back soon, um, should I be living any differently than I'm living? And, you know, I... Here, here's, here's the problem, okay? Is we... We know what we think. But we really don't know so much of what's in our heart. And and I, I think for, for many of us we 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 see what's going on in, in the earth and, and we, we see what scripture says and, and and we think yes. These are probably a lot of signs of, of Jesus coming back. But is, is it making that 18-inch journey um, from our, our thinking to, to our heart? And, and I, I can't answer that question for you. I, I'm having enough trouble answering the question for myself. But just this week, how many of you saw the Blood Moon Saturday morning? Um, it wasn't nearly as impressive as I thought it was going to be this time. Because it wasn't that red, was it? Yeah, as, as the sky got lighter and lighter in the east, the, the moon almost kind of disappeared. Now, the last, or I don't know if it was the last time, but the first of the four blood moons that was Passover last year, that was about 3.30 in the morning, that one was red. That, that was a sight to behold. Uh, <clears throat> but regardless of, of how red and how impressive the color was, the, the fact that this is happening right now and, and just the, the fact that all four of, of these blood moons are, are on the highest holy days of, of the Jewish religious calendar, uh, it's something for us to think about. And, and to take to the Lord and ask Him for understanding. Uh, because there, there are many passages, and, and the one in, in Joel is uh, maybe the most significant. That after these things, He's, he's going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh.
And, you know, here's, here's something else to, to consider. That there, there, were, there was a blood moon tetrad in 1949-50, right after Israel became a nation once again. What happened in the church right then? That, that was when the, the healing revivals really took off here in, in the U.S. with Oral Roberts and William Branham and a, a number of others. And Catherine Kuhlman was part of that. And, uh, you know, they, they had huge crusades all, all across the U.S. and thousands and thousands of people were healed and saved and then there was another blood moon tetrad on Jewish High Holy Days in 1968-69. And that was when the charismatic renewal took place. And I, I was alive for that. And, and I, I saw personally the, the fruit of that. And what, what God was doing is he, he was breathing life of the Holy Spirit into uh, so many denominational churches that, that had really lacked that spark, that fire for a really long time. Uh, I mean, it, it swept through the Catholic Church. It, it swept through the Lutheran Church. Uh, many Methodist churches and Reformed churches, which is where I was at, at the time. Uh, there, there were just regular people getting filled with the Holy Spirit in home Bible studies. And as, as the flame of God in those people grew churches where it was not happening would would invite just those regular lay people to come and meet with some of their own people they called it a lay witness renewal in in the reformed church and it it just it spread that way Well, what, what's going to happen in the church this time? I, I think something. I, I don't think nothing. I, there, there's been a building to this. Because while, while the healing revivals touched thousands the the renewal touched millions what what next <laughs> that's that's what I, I think we have to look forward to yeah <laughs> so um 
completely... <laughs> I don't know if I should go back to my notes or not. I don't think I could possibly find my place. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it, and it's, it, it can spread so, so much faster now. And, and even transportation is, is so much easier. So I guess, <clears throat> you know, where, where this leads me is I, I really, I, I desperately want to be just right in the middle of whatever it is God is doing in the next few years. I, I want to be, I don't want to be two or three years behind. I, I want to be right there on the edge of, of what God's doing. And so the question is, I see a lot of people nodding because I, I know a lot of people want, want that. So how do we make sure that we don't miss it? Well, there, there really is just one way. We, we draw near to the one who is going to be initiating the whole thing. And he is risen. <laughs> and we, we celebrate his resurrection today. So we, we adjust our, our lives to make our connection deeper with Him, make, make our, our connection and our communication, our, our communion deeper and, and better. Because this this is the time. I I read this book um, by Rick Joyner back twenty years ago. It was called The Harvest. It completely changed. The, the paradigm, the, the way of thinking of, of my life. Because I, I really didn't have a vision for what God was going to do on the earth before he returned. What Jesus was going to do on the earth before he returned. And it it gave me hope. It, it gave me encouragement that it it wasn't too late for me to to be used by God in in this great harvest. That that God had been preparing vessels for this harvest, and and He has been preparing vessels for for this harvest for decades. 
And and there there are many people who are are going to be used in in this great harvest that nobody's ever heard of. In fact, the vast majority <laughs> of those who are really going to be used in in this great harvest none of us have ever heard of. They they are people who have cultivated uh, a real uh, life-giving relationship with the Son of God. So that he's filling them with his life so that out from their bellies can flow living water. And, and so as, as I um, prayed about today and, and looked at the resurrection, you know, this, this is what, what's on my heart. Is, do you want to be part of that? Then it, it's really only up to you. Because... There are no limitations on what God can do with your life. I, I just, I would like to speak that over every person. There's no limitation. Your, your past is not limiting you now. Yesterday is not limiting you now. Today is not going to limit you tomorrow. The, the only thing that, that is going to limit you is the, the lack of sowing seeds in the Spirit that lead to a harvest of life in your life. If, if you've been neglecting that for a period of time, then, then just let's stop neglecting that today and and let's start sowing to the spirit today and and there will be a harvest and and you will be more ready for what God does in in a very short time as as we start to uh, see what God is going to do in in our day because I I I just, I believe we're we're just right here. <laughs> it's 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 just right there, and 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 that that day is is going to be here be, before we know it. Just just like little Garrett is going to be running around here before we know it, and if. If we use all of our time be, between now and the time he starts running around, <laughs> as much time as, as we reasonably can to sow to the Spirit, and we're, we're going to be ready. Because I, I think it's going to happen sooner than that. I think a lot of this is going to start happening be before Garrett's even walking. 
So this, this is exciting stuff. These are exciting times. They, they very likely will be difficult times as well. But that's part of what's going to be required for a great harvest to come in. Because people have to have the foundation that they've been living on shaken and exposed for what it is before they start looking for a new foundation. And, and so, you know, my, my word for us is, and let's get ready because it's about to get exciting. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll just close with um, the passage about our blessed hope from Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. The availability of salvation is for all people. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. I hate part of how our brain operates. Because when, when something becomes familiar to us, we think we know it. What, what is our blessed hope from this passage? Well, see, that's kind of what I always thought. Jesus' return. Our blessed hope. Is that really what that says? Is, is it possible <laughs> that, that the glory of Jesus is going to be revealed before he comes. Are you looking at it again? <laughs> yeah, read, read what it says. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Now, now certainly, when he comes, when he returns, I mean, that's going to be glorious. And, and we're, we're going to see him in all of his glory. But I, I think there's a, a sooner blessed hope than the one I've always thought about from that passage. I, I think there's going to be an outpouring on the church, on, on those who are wanting it, of seeking it, asking for it, of, of glory that is, is going to lead to the greater works and lead to the ingathering of the great harvest. And, and so, so that is what we're seeking to be a part of. Because, see, God's kingdom in, in this, this age, in, in the church age, is, is always voluntary. He, he never imposes it in, in this age. It will be imposed later. But for now, it's, it's all choice. And I don't believe that God is going to pour out his glory, his, his best stuff, on, on those who, I mean, there, there, there will be some who say, no, I don't want that. There will be a lot of churches that, that are like that. That say, no, I, we don't want that. We're happy with things the way they are. We, we have what we want, and that's enough. And it, it would be unlike the God that I know to uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the verse about uh, not giving your best stuff to dogs or <laughs> yeah he, he's not going to throw his pearls before swine that's, that's the, exactly the verse so Let's, let's position ourselves. Uh, let's, let's adjust our lifestyles. Uh, now. <laughs> well, while we still have some time, and I, I don't think we have very much time, really, to, to sow to the Spirit and get ready. Because I, I think... What's, what's coming is, is going to be like a freight train. And <laughs> it's, it's either have your ticket or 
get run over. <laughs> uh, so I, I want us to have our tickets. <laughs> and that, <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one. So can I pray for us? And uh, we didn't even do this. He is risen. <laughs> yes, I wanted to do that a couple times today. Uh, he is. He, he is alive. And forever interceding for us. Uh, Father, I, I thank you for signs. Uh, I, I just, uh, I, I got to read one, one more passage here. Um, you see, a, a lot of people they they focus on a couple passages related to Jesus' return that that say, and no one knows the day or the hour. Okay, and. And that's fine. But does that mean that it's going to come upon us with total surprise? No. It does not mean that. Because this, this passage in, in 1 Thessalonians says it very clearly. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, starting in verse 1. Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers... You have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And that's the part we all have heard about. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. See, so that, that time doesn't have to come upon us with surprise. We, we can know the, the times that we're in, and we can see things approaching if, if we're like the sons of Issachar in, in the Old Testament, who knew the time that they were in, and they knew what to do. So I, I want to pray that over us. That, that what God is doing does not have to take us by surprise. Uh, he, he's willing to let us in on it <laughs> if, if we seek Him. Mm. So, Father, I, I pray that You would draw us to Yourself. That You would draw us into deeper relationship with yourself and, and with Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd give us 
spirit of wisdom and revelation as we draw near. And, and Father, I, I pray that you would bring forth in our hearts a desire to be in your presence more. To sow to the Spirit more so that we would be ready. And I, I pray, Father, that that you'd speak to us, that you'd reveal to us the hidden things that, that we've not known, that, that you would give us discernment and wisdom like the sons of Issachar to know the times that we're in and to know what to do. And Lord, that we'd be ready when you pour out your spirit, when, when your glory is, is poured out on, on the church. And we, we pray for a harvest in Cheyenne, like in uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey, in the first Great Awakening, where, where they could only find two or three adults who, who hadn't come to you out of 50,000. Lord, bring that forth. Lord, bless your people. Encourage us. Bring forth your life in us. For the glory of your Son and for your name. Amen. <laughs>